Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, tonight we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, it is life to those that find it. So tonight we find life from your word. We give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Over the past few weeks, it's like we've been to Bible school with Joe. In fact, in fact, maybe he'll listen to this. He, you know, he was deeper than any Bible school professor I ever had, just to tell you the truth. Uh, I'm not going to be that deep, but we're going to look at lots of verses of Scripture. I counted before I came over here. If I use every passage I put in here, I've got 41. So if you want to take notes and write those down, that'd be good. If not, you can get the recording and you can go back through it. But if I use them all, I don't know that I can use them all. You know, here, here's, here's my why. This is why I do this. I believe with all of my heart that the Bible is God's Word. And I honestly believe it has the answer to everything we face. If we just would take the time and apply it. It is God's Word. So now I'm going to change that subject because I was watching Gomer. I was watching Andy Griffith the other night. <laughs> Anybody ever seen Andy Griffith? I mean, we all have. One of my favorite episodes on Andy Griffith is when Gomer Pyle joins the Marines. I mean, that, that's just one of my all-time favorite ones. And Gomer has a hard time in the Marines. And, and there's just one scene where Gomer has a bucket on his head. And it's because he wasn't, he wasn't listening to Sergeant Carter. And, and Sergeant Carter said, what are you thinking? And he told him something. He said, well, put this bucket on your head and think for a while. And so Andy comes up to the window of the barracks and, 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 and he peeks in and he says, Gomer? Gomer, is that you? He goes, hey, Andy. You know how he does? And he says, what are you doing under there? He said, he said well, Sergeant Carter said I wasn't thinking. And, and so I'm wearing this bucket. You would be surprised at how easy it is to think under there. And he, and he said, really? He said, yeah, you want to try? Go ahead and take a thump. Okay, and that's, so that's what, that's what he says to, to Andy Griffith. Well, and I thought about that. You know, a lot of Christians go through life either not thinking or thinking the wrong things. Many people have never been taught certain things, and we're all that way, have never been taught certain things. Sometimes, well, a lot of times, most of the time, it's important for us to sit under the Word and take a thunk. So we're going to take a thunk tonight about a subject that we all probably need to, to, to think about. The Scripture says in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus after the, after the, after the uh, resurrection and, and then He ascended to heaven, talking about the apostles, it says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord, work, this is how the King James says it, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Well, if you look that up in the King James, the word them is italicized, which means it's not in the original language, and somebody added it because they thought it would make it more clear. But here's what it literally says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following. See, God works with the word. God confirms the word. The scripture never teaches us that God confirms my opinion. God confirms the word. The word that we put in our heart, the word that we believe and confess, God will always work with the word. 
He will always work with it. Signs and miracles follow God working with the word. Sometimes the reason there aren't miracles is because we're not, we're not letting the word do the work. You know, God is the one who's going to have to do the healings. God's going to do the miracles. God's going to do all the things. But the word has to do the work. It has to always do the work. I want you to think about this passage of scripture. Luke chapter 5, verse 15. I really love this verse. You know, every time I read one, I love it. Here's what it says. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, of Jesus. And great multitudes came together. Now listen to this. To hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Great multitudes came to hear and to be healed. There's a connection here between hearing and healing. Great multitudes came together. In the next chapter, verse seven to six, six verse 17, it says, And he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. That's just an interesting thing. To hear and be healed. To hear and be healed. It's extremely important what we hear. I've got to take the time. I've got a friend, a very close friend. His daughter uh, was, I think, eight years old at the time. She went out. They lived in Houston then. And she went out uh, and opened the garage door on a Sunday morning. And when she opened the, the, the garage door, a copperhead struck her on the foot. She screamed. They came out in time to see the snake slither away. And by the time they got her to the hospital, her, of course, her leg and her foot were swollen. And so my friend and his wife, of course, they prayed in the spirit all the way to the hospital. When they got to the hospital, they, they heard the report from the doctor, and the doctor told them that she would be dead in a matter of hours. They said, thank you. They closed the door while they were in the hospital, and they began to pray and began what they said was, they said, God, we believe. You gave us our daughter. We do not believe she will die. In fact, we believe, according to your word, she will live and not die. Well, she didn't die. And so they finally took her out of the emergency room, took her up to a private room, and they said, well, here's the problem. She, we think she's going to live, but she's going to lose the leg. And they said, thank you. The doctor went outside the door. They closed the door, and they said, we refuse that report. We believe what God said. We believe that by his stripes, she was healed. The, the grandparents came in and the grandmother began to say, oh, I am so sorry that you had this. I'm so sorry you're going to lose your leg. He stopped her and he said, um, you have to leave. They refused to hear a report that violated what God's word promised them. The girl's healthy today. She still has her leg today because they stood on what God promised them. It may be a coincidence, but I don't think so. She was healed. Jesus said to make sure that we pay attention to what we hear. Uh, he said in Mark chapter 4, he said, he said, take heed what you hear with what measure you meet or with what measure you pay attention to things you hear. It shall be measured unto you and unto you that hear shall more be given. He's saying the more we pay attention to the word, the more will be given. It's interesting. He says, for he that 
for, for he that hath, to him shall be given. He that hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. What does that mean? Have you ever noticed? If you quit spending time with the Word of God, you start to lose it, don't you? He's saying you've got you to make sure you're putting it in all the time. The Scripture says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Receive my sayings. There's more than just having heard a sermon, more than just having heard a scripture. We have to receive it. That means we choose to believe it more than anything else in the world. That's my why. I, I believe that if we take God's word and we apply it and believe what he said, then we'll get what he said. Then the scripture goes on in Proverbs 4, verse 22. It says, for they, talking about the words of God, are life unto those that find them and health unto all their flesh. Life and health. It says the word of God is life and health. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty good news to me. Life and health. I was praying about what, about what, I'm, what I was going to share tonight, and I decided this, this is what the Lord wanted me to do. I woke up this morning, and I had a sore throat. I'm going to talk about healing. I had a sore throat. So I decided that's the subject. We might as well just chase the devil while we can. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about healing. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 103. Are you ready for this? Now, we're going to look at lots of verses of Scripture. The Scripture says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, it's going to list us some benefits here. These are the, the top two. Listen to the top two benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth, who, who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. I like that verse. Amen. Now here, there are many benefits, but the top two are forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness and healing. So the question is, how many sins will he forgive? All. That's what it said. How many sicknesses Will he heal? All. If you look up the word all in the Hebrew language, it means all. It means everyone. All of them. Okay? Here it says that, that healing is for all, just like forgiveness is for all. Healing is a major topic of the Bible. Did you realize that? If you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then read the book of Acts, you're going to find out that healing happens all through those, those chapters. Jesus healed. The apostles went out and healed. Here's what I love. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus healed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, guess what? He heals right now because the book of Acts is still being written. It didn't end when Paul died. It should have been called the Acts of the Holy Ghost because he's still moving, still doing things. He still, Jesus healed in the, in the Gospels. He healed in Acts. He's still healing today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sometimes it's hard for us to get our minds wrapped around that one because here's what we say. Well, what about so-and-so? They were believing God and they died. Well, we're always going to find that one, Right? We need to begin to say, what about so-and-so? And, -so? and I, have, I can tell you story after story of people who believed God and lived. 
And those are the ones that we need to focus on. I've heard people say, yeah, but, but salvation, salvation is the important thing. We need, we need salvation. Well, one of the greatest evangelists the world has ever seen was a man by the name of T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne won more people to Jesus Christ than anybody in the world except for Reinhard Bonnke. And Reinhard Bonnke is, has gone further than T.L. Osborne. But this is what Brother Osborne used to say. He said, healing is the dinner bell to salvation. Amen. It's the dinner bell. I'm going to tell you something. One day my son and I went over to the, to the poorer part of Lubbock. We drove over. We felt like God told us to take food to somebody. And in prayer, I saw the person we were supposed to take the food to. I didn't know why. We just went to Market Street. We bought some groceries. We drove to, to, to the poor part of town. We drove and drove and drove. And finally, I saw the guy. See, I'd already seen him. The Lord showed him to me. I saw him. And so I said, that's the guy. And it was a bunch of big old minority guys throwing dice against the wall. And my son says, uh, are you sure that's the guy? I said, I said, it's the guy. So we took the food out of my car. We walked over to where they were. And we're the only white people there. There's nothing wrong with the color of their skin. You've got to know that. But when you're, when you're a different color in, in certain neighborhoods, they look at you like you're funny. Okay? And so we, went, we walked up there and I said, does anybody here need food? And they said, yeah, we need food. We need food. And so we gave him the food. We talked to him for a few minutes. I still didn't know what the Lord sent us there for. Then one guy, he looked at me and said, I need, I need $700. I said, you need $700? He said, yeah, I need that more than food. I need $700. I said, well, do you, do you not have a job? Can't you, can't you get, get your money at work? He said to me, he said, I can't work because of my shoulder. I said, what's wrong with your shoulder? He said, I don't know, but I can only lift it this high. He said, I can't work. I said, have you been to a doctor? He said, I can't afford to go to a doctor. He said, I can only lift it this high. And I looked at him and I said, if Jesus would heal you of this injury to your shoulder, would you go to work? He said, oh, yes. So my son and I laid hands on the guy. We <laughs> prayed for him in Jesus' name. And the guy's eyes got really big. And he lifted up his arm all the way. And he asked me, where did the pain go? And I told him, Jesus carried your pain. And then I looked at those other guys. There were like seven other guys. I looked at them and I said, did you know the same Jesus that just healed your friend will forgive you of all your sins? How many of you would like that? All their hands went up. Because healing was the dinner bell. When they saw that Jesus would heal the sick, they knew he was different than some, some made-up God in a book somewhere because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man, I'll tell you, church today needs to have the truth taught. I mean, we need to know what does the Bible say about healing? What does it teach about it? You see, our perspective has to be word-based, but we have to believe what God said. Now, let me just say this before I go further. Healing comes in lots of ways. Lots of ways. All right? There's the natural process. All right? You cut your arm, you wait, and it heals. That's pretty supernatural. God made your body to heal. 
He made it to heal itself. You cut your arm, it gets well. There's also doctors. Let me just be real clear about this one. Doctors are good. They're not bad. There are people who have, there's a story in the Bible about King Asa, who, who the scripture says he had a disease in his feet and he called the doctors and then he died. Well, that isn't the whole story, but people say, so that means you don't need to call the doctor. What that, what that passage says is that he, he called the doctor instead of asking God what to do. God doesn't have a problem with any doctor. Jesus said, the sick need a doctor. If it was wrong to go to the doctor, if you're a Christian, he would have never said that. The Apostle Paul had a doctor that traveled with him wherever he went. And the doctor had to attend to many of his physical needs. There is nothing wrong in the scripture that, has, that, that, that says you, we, we as believers, we just have to believe God and we can't go to the doctor. Anybody who ever says that to you didn't read the Bible. Doctors are good people. Now, not every doctor is going to heaven. I understand that. I've heard somebody say, I heard one time, one time, one time I heard somebody say, well, you know, prayer is a help to doctors. No. Doctors are a help to prayer and to the hand of God in helping us get whole. Doctors are good people. Doctors can help the healing process. Only Jehovah Rapha is the healer. He's the only one. He is the healer. He's the one. The doctor, listen, most of the time the doctor didn't really heal you at all. I mean, have you ever had surgery? They cut you. They pull junk out. And then it's up to you to get well after that. It's up to God. It's up to your body to heal. So, so we know there's the natural process. We know doctors are involved. But then there are, according to the scripture, there are the gifts of healings. Okay, when I laid hands on the guy in, in, in the other part of town, when I laid hands on him, that was a miracle. It was one of the gifts of healings. I mean, these are instant things. I mean... I saw, I saw Catherine Kuhlman when I was 18 years old and I was so hungry for what God had for me because the lady, there were miracle healings that took place in her meeting. Okay, it, it changed my life forevermore. But she, the, the, she just had that. I, we had this lady that went to our church years ago. Her name was, everybody called her Granny. Her last name was Cook, so they just called her Granny Cook. And Granny was, was she, they found a cancerous tumor on her back. She's 94 years old. 94. And so they found this tumor, and they said, Granny, you got a tumor on your back. She said, well, I'm going to tell you what. If you get Pastor Randy over here, he'll lay hands on my back, and it'll go away. And, uh, you know, they said, well, now, now Granny, just, you know, it, we'll, we'll get the doctor. We'll, we'll give you some medicine. She said, no, you get Pastor Randy here, and he'll put his hands on my back, and it'll go away. And so I went, put my hand. It wasn't my faith. It was her faith, and the thing disappeared under my hand. It was a miracle. It was just a gift of healing. I mean, listen, there, there are lots of... God wants people to be made well. He wants them well. Tammy was with me one day in Mexico. We were praying for these people and doing a street skit. And these people, I was playing... My character was God. And my interpreter's character was Jesus. So they thought we were the ones who should pray for them. And so, because they thought I really was God somehow. And he really was Jesus somehow. And, they brought, and this lady brought me a boy. And, and he had a growth on his neck. And she said, pray for my son. We laid our hands on him and we felt the thing disappear under our hands. God healed him. That's a supernatural 
miracle. That is that. That's just the gifts of healings. All right. I mean, those those are lots of fun. They are great to be. I mean, they're great to hear of. I mean, I can tell you lots of those stories. But those are miracles. Those are wonderful. But tonight, here's the final way healing comes. It comes by faith. When believers take the word of God and and they simply believe it. That's what we're going to talk about. I was in Omaha, not Omaha, I was in a little town called, what's that town, Nebraska? Broken Bow, Nebraska is where we were. I'm sure you all know where that is. <laughs> and this fellow named Ron was there, and we taught, we taught for three nights along these lines. Ron came every night. We prayed for him every night. He was in stage four cancer of some sort. Not supposed to live, but a few more weeks. He came every night. He took the word. He simply listened to it. While I was there, we prayed, nothing happened. But he said, he looked at me one night and he said, I will live and not die. Jesus is my healer. Well, we went back a year later, there was Ron. Perfectly healthy. Perfectly whole. Because he chose to believe what the Bible said. The scripture says that we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what we see that counts. It's what God said that counts. You see, we need to believe what God said. All right? You know, when we pray for people sometimes, man, they get that instant miracle. Most of the time, that ain't what happens, is it? We have to give them enough scripture for them to hang on to, to believe the word of God. I know this works. I've seen it happen all over the planet. Let me just say this. I bind condemnation. Here's what happens. You hear something about healing, and it's like, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I get healed? Is something wrong with me? No, no. We bind condemnation in Jesus' name. It may be we just had you just hadn't figured out which one of these that God's calling you to do first. Yeah, we go to the doctor. We're going to ask God first because our faith is in God. But I'll tell you, that's what Asa's problem was. He didn't trust God. He trusted the doctors. Man, I have, I have great physicians that help me, but I believe God more than them. Amen. So, healing by faith, then. If we're going to talk about faith, we're going to, that has to be tied to the Word of God. Faith, the Scripture says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's talking about a process of faith. All right? My goal here in the next few minutes is to provide for you overwhelming scriptural evidence that it's the will of God to heal you. That's my goal. That's what I, that's what I plan to do. So we're going to look at lots of scripture. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, you know this verse. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I like to say it this way. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it, hearing the word of God. The scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, the word of God, which worketh effectually in you that believe. When we believe it, it works. It works when we work it. You see, we need to know that. The scripture says in Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and it healed them. See, God's word is powerful. Healing and faith Healing and faith, hearing and believing, healing, all those things are connected to one another. Man, I'll tell you, I prayed for lots of people and didn't see anything happen. But then later on, I heard a report. 
that they were healed. I prayed for some people and they died. I'm just going to tell you. But does that mean the word doesn't work? No, that means something else was going on that I don't have, I don't know about. All right, we need to know that we believe and we're healed. Romans 1:16. See, this is a lot of verses, huh? For, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. This is the good news that's being preached. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. The word salvation here does not necessarily mean born again. The root word is sozo, which means to be rescued, healed, made well, uh, made whole. That means that throughout the scripture. The gospel, this preached gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ has the power of rescue. The power of being made whole and made well. Proverbs, we read Proverbs 4.22 earlier. It says that the words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. So we're going to look at the Bible. We're going to find out what does the Bible say. God will confirm his word, not our opinion. I mean, we need to maybe take a new thunk here for a few minutes. How many people will God heal? We read you these verses from Exodus chapter 23. And verse 25 says, And ye shall serve the Lord your God. He shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There's a lot of people he's talking to. The scripture says in Exodus 15, 26, And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments, keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee. Literally, it should have said, I will allow none of these diseases upon thee which I allowed upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I mean, that's the covenant name of God, one of those compound names of God, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. It literally says, the Lord our cure. The Lord our cure. We, t- we covered this in another another message one time. The word Jehovah, uh, Yahweh, as some people say it, it, it's four Hebrew letters, yud Hey vav Hey. Literally it says, the, behold the nail, behold the hand. We understand that what Jesus died to do is heal us. Behold the nail, behold the hand, the cure. Because God is the cure. Listen, that is his memorial covenant name to anyone who will believe it. Jesus said in John 17, 12, that he had kept us in the name. Yes. We are kept in the name. There are many more compound parts of, of, of that name, but we're going to focus on Jehovah Rapha. He said, I am that I am that I am that I am healing if you need that. He's healing. God is the same. He said, I cannot change. If he was healing under the old covenant, guess what? We are under a better covenant. The scripture says the new covenant is better than the old. The Bible teaches us that if we are sick, God wants to heal us. He wants to heal us until we're convinced of that fact that he wants to heal us. Then all we're doing is hoping. Faith is is not is not about what I hope God will do. Faith is based on what did God say and do I believe him. That's it. It's not even hard. You don't even have to understand to believe. You don't even have to feel like it to believe. Listen, the circumstances don't have to line up for you to believe. Faith 
is just believing Him until we are convinced of the fact that God wants to heal us, then doubt will exist as to whether or not we'll be healed. See, I, you know, when you grow up and you're thinking that you're no good and you've been told all these terrible things, it's like, yeah, God doesn't even want to heal me. But we have to be convinced He does want to heal us. The Scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. It's impossible. doesn't mean faith is everything, but faith has got to be an ingredient in there. There has to be faith with it. It says, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God wants to heal us. He wants to heal us. Once we're convinced it's God's will to heal us, we can receive healing when we're prayed for. See, here's the reality. Knowing God's will concerning sickness provides ground on which perfect faith can act. If I'm hoping maybe it's the will of God, then I'm, it's just a maybe. But if I know it's the will of God, then I can be sure of it. But we got to know what the Word says. I've heard people say, well, I just can't seem to get the faith to be healed. Well, let's just settle that for a minute. we got to have confidence that God will keep His promise. We have to have confidence. See, faith is, is knowing that God will keep His Word. Think about these verses of Scripture. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? If God said it, it's true. Amen? I mean, if he says it, that, that's the answer. That settled the issue. The scripture says in 1 Kings eight fifty six, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. God's word is true. He can't lie. Listen, it's not that he won't lie. He is incapable of lying because he simply believes everything he says and when he believes what he says, it comes to pass every single time. That's why Jesus said, take heed what you hear. So that you begin to say what God says. You begin to believe what you say. Jesus said, he said, you know what? You can look at that mountain and you can tell it to be gone, cast into the midst of the sea, if you believe what you say. You know what he said? Mark chapter 11. It, he, we had to believe it. The scripture says in Psalm 119, 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever. All from now on, it is settled in heaven. Jeremiah 1, 12, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Hasten means to watch over, look after, protect, stand behind. God is standing behind his word to make it come to pass. F.F. F. Bosworth said this in his, in his wonderful book, Christ the Healer. He said, don't doubt God. If you got to doubt something, doubt your doubts. He said, because they're unreliable, but whatever, but never doubt God nor his word. His word is sure. It is for sure. D.L. Moody said this. He said, is there any reason why you should not have faith in God? Has God ever broken one of his promises? I defy any infidel or unbeliever to place a finger on a single promise that God ever made and failed to fulfill. We've got, we've got to trust him. Satan is the liar. God is the truth. 
Satan is the liar. The, the scripture says in John 8:44, this is the New International Version, Jesus said, when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is the liar and the father of lies. We know that for, for more than 6,000 years, the devil has lied every day of his life. He lies all the time because that's the language he speaks. He's denied God's word. He promises people everything imaginable, but he's broken every promise that he's ever made. God is the one that tells the truth. Let's go back. He said, I am the Lord who heals you. Do you know how many people were in that group of people? Historians tell us there were anywhere from three to six million people among their tribes. We know that based on 600,000 men were on foot. Three to six million people. And in that process, Psalm 105.37 says of those people, he brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Think about it. Forty years in the wilderness. Some of them died, but they weren't sick. Here's the reality. Unless Jesus comes back, every one of us is going to, going to go to heaven by way of the grave. But it doesn't mean we have to die sick. It doesn't mean that at all. You see, these people, not one of them was sick. Not, just imagine that. Six million people. Everybody a millionaire. Everybody well. Six million people. Man, see, they were under the old covenant. <laughs> How much? More does the new covenant promise us. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's a better covenant built on better promises. Just like this. A $100 bill is better than a $50 bill. I think we'd all agree with that, right? Why? Because the 100 contains the 50 and a bunch more. The old covenant is good, but we live under a better covenant that contains those promises plus a bunch more. We live in that covenant with God. It's a new covenant. I'm telling you, healing is for us all. God is not a respecter of persons. I believe that it takes a theologian to help people get enough doubt to not believe in healing. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Preachers can get up and they can, they can talk people out of being healed all the time. They can talk them out of stuff. I mean, if the preacher can say, well, maybe it's not God's will to heal you. If we can be convinced of that, a preacher can destroy our faith. Christians say stuff, well, you know, it just must not be God's will. Oh, you know, God is just getting glory out of your sickness. I defy you to show me one passage in the scripture where it says sickness gave God glory. Every time it says it gave him glory, it's when they got healed that God got the glory. That's what the scripture teaches us. Oh, well, God must be teaching you a lesson. Really? That's how good he is, right? He'll give you a car wreck to teach you a lesson. Would you do that to one of your children? He is perfect love. He would never do that. Well, God must be chastising you. You'll be drawn closer to God by this. Can I just tell you something? If it's not God's will to heal you, I'm going to ask you a question. If it's, if, if it's not the will of God to heal you, why would you go to the doctor? Wouldn't you be defying the will of God to go to the doctor? 
that is a silly statement. Well, God just wants me sick. No, well, then don't go to the doctor. Because if he wants you sick, then you need to stay sick. Some of that stuff didn't even make sense. And it's taught in churches all over. It's never God's will. See, sometimes we think, well, it's just God's will for me to be sick. Well, if he heals all my, if he forgives all my sins and heals all my sicknesses, it's no more his will for me to be sick than it is to be sinful. Does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense for us to think, well, he wants me, he wants me, you know, God is just teaching me a lesson, so he's leaving me in my sin. That is ridiculous. He forgives me of all my sin. He heals me of all my sicknesses. It's always his desire to heal you. Always. I, mean, I just think, what if in church we taught salvation that way? It's invitation time. And the Holy Spirit's convicting people. And we say, okay, if you, if, if you want to be born again, raise your hand. And they raise their hand and go, well, I don't think it's the will of God for you and you and you. <laughs> God wants to heal. He wants us. He wants us well. Here's what the scripture says. First Peter said this, or Peter said this in First Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. That's not the end of the verse, though. Who, by whose stripes ye were healed. This isn't talking about spiritual healing because you can connect this to the gospel messages where that verse is, is spoken of and it talks about Jesus healing the sick. Jesus wants that to happen. Three to six million people believed God and they were healed. They simply believed it. They simply believed what he said. You see, we've allowed the devil to come and say to us things like he said to Eve in the garden. Hath God said? See, the Lord said, I am the Lord that heals you. Well, maybe not you. Maybe not you. The, the devil comes and says, it, it may not be his will to heal you. God didn't really mean what he said. See, Jesus said that we make the word of God of none effect through traditions, through religious stuff. You see, if they're healed under the old covenant, man, it's better under the new one. Healing is God's will for us. We simply just have to read the will to know it. Here's the biggest problem sometimes for Christians to get healing. And I've heard it and heard it and heard it, and it bothers me every time I hear it. Oh, Lord, we ask you to heal Brother Frank, if it be thy will. <laughs> what do we just tell Brother Frank? It might be the will of God for you to die from this one. If it be thy will. Now, when did Jesus pray that prayer? Do you remember? In the Garden of Gethsemane? Did Jesus know the will of God? He absolutely did. He didn't want to do the will of God at that moment, but he said, you know what? If this is what you want, then I'm going to do it. It had nothing to do with him not knowing the will of God. The Bible is the will of God. It's the scripture. Jesus said, lo, I come to do your will, O God. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He cast out the devils. He healed them. And I'm going to read some great scriptures in a few minutes. He healed everybody. He healed them. He said, I came from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The will of God was to heal people. 
Jesus went about. He healed people. The scripture says, the scripture says, talks about the anointing, how that Jesus received the anointing. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Acts 10.38. You see, healing the sick is God's will because that's what Jesus did. That's what he did all the time. F.F. Bosworth says this in Christ the Healer. By the way, if you want to read a great book about healing, that's the one. F.F. Bosworth, Christ the Healer. He said, perhaps no one can be more conservative than the scholars of the Episcopalian Church. Anybody raised Episcopalian here? He said that, he went on to say, yet the commission appointed to study the subject of spiritual healing for the body after three years of study and research in both the Bible and history reported back to the church. The healing of Jesus was done as a revelation of God's will for humanity. That's what the Episcopalian said. He said, because they discovered that his will is fully revealed, they reported further, no longer can the church pray for the sick with that faith-destroying phrase, if it be thy will. Because, because they, they went on to say that. Listen, healing is for everyone. Many people say, you know, I believe in healing, but I don't believe it's for everyone. Well, that's not what the scripture says. I mean, if we think it's not for everybody, how can we pray in faith? How could we, as, as ministering elders, in good conscience, pray for people at the front for healing if we don't believe it's for everybody? God, we hope this is one of the lucky ones. We ask you just to heal them if it be thy will. I mean, you know, we're just, we're just like, why would we pray that way? Oh, I love this. This, is, this one I'm going to read to you is just like a sermon. You could preach for an hour or two, maybe three. And there came a leper, Mark chapter 1. And there came a leper to him, Jesus, beseeching him, kneeling down to him, saying, If it's your will, you can make me clean. Most Christians know God can. If you, if you want to, if it's your will, you can. If you're willing, you can. I love this. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. He said, it is my will. That is my will. You see, the leper prayed, if it's your will. Jesus said, it's my will. It is the will of God. He is no respecter of persons. If he wills to heal one, he heals all. Man, I love this. I mean, the Bible talks about those who believe they can be saved and they can be healed. We come to hear and be healed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Think about this, Matthew 12, 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed the lucky ones. <laughs> he healed them all. Don't you think if it says there's a multitude, we know that when the multitude was fed the fishes and the loaves, there were probably as many as 20,000 people in that group. Wouldn't you think that if there were only half that many, maybe there were only 5,000 people in the group, Jesus healed them all. Weren't there some of them who didn't deserve it? Weren't there some of them who, who, who were just rotten people maybe? He healed every single one of them. Mark 14, 36, and, he besought him, and they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. As many as touched him, everybody got healed. Man, that's a great revival to go to. 
Mark 6, 19, And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and he healed them all. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and anybody who reaches out to him in faith, the same will happen for them. The scripture says, in Mark chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, it says, When the even was come, they brought unto him the many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. We are the hour in the passage. He healed them all. Luke 4.40. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Everybody that came to Jesus got healed. Everybody. Everybody got healed. And that's not the end of the story. You can look in the book of Acts and you can find the same program took place in the book of Acts. This guy named Philip in, in Acts chapter 8. He wasn't an apostle. He was a deacon that got run out of town. Went to a town called Samaria. The scripture says, And he preached to them. They believed and it says, And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. It literally says in the Greek, The many that were taken with palsies and that were lame. In the name of Jesus, Philip preached Christ unto them, and they were healed. We can look in scriptures in the book of Acts. Peter preached Christ, and people got healed. Wherever he went, they got healed. They even got raised from the dead. We can find wherever Paul, Paul went, people were healed. They were, they, were, they were set free when he preached Christ unto them. You see, and I just skipped several verses. You can look those up later. It works. There are. There are just natural healings. There are miracles. There are wonderful positions. It is the will of God to heal all. Sometimes God says, okay, I want you to go to the doctor. And I know in my own life, somehow God got us to a doctor and the, and the work of the physician saved my life. I mean, I didn't even know I was following God. But he got me there. God wants us healed. He wants us whole. He wants us well. Here's what T.L. Osborne said in his book, Healing the Sick, which is also a great book. It says, But faith cannot be exercised when one is undecided as to whether or not it's God's will to heal all. If he will not heal all, then we are forced to consider in every case, I wonder if God will heal this one. Or if this one is, is one of the unfortunate ones whom God whom God will to, wills to remain sick and to suffer. How can we ever pray the prayer of faith with such uncertainty in our minds? Let it be a settled fact. It is God's will to heal you. You have the right to healing as well as forgiveness. When you believe what God said, and he said, I am the Lord who heals you. If God says this, and God cannot lie, he means it. What God says is true. So healing is yours. Healing is a part of the gospel as we preach throughout all the world to every creature to the end of the world. Being a part of the gospel, the divine blessing of physical healing is for all. Isn't that powerful? Isn't it powerful? I was in India one time. We were preaching to a crowd of mostly Hindus. In this crowd of Hindus, it was a blind Muslim woman. And we offered prayer for the sick. And she came forward 
and God healed her instantly. I mean, she went from seeing nothing to seeing everything. The next night, she was back with her whole Muslim family. <laughs> and they all gave their hearts to Jesus that night because it's the will of God was willing to heal a Muslim. It's his will to heal. We need to be people who recognize it's a part of the gospel plan. Jesus is the answer to all that Satan has tried to put down in man. I mean, what I'm teaching tonight, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost untaught throughout the whole church. It needs to be taught. It's time for us to, to think the Bible way. It's time to take a new funk under there. What did God say he wants us healed? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, tonight we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks, God, that, that you will to heal all. And we believe tonight that you have promised us health and healing. You are Jehovah Rapha. We thank you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.